0: Well hey there all you DC Comics News fans, DC Comics fans, fans of top five lists, fans of podcasts, fans of listening to my voice while it either puts you to sleep, gets you through your commute, a project, folding laundry, I've heard plenty of reasons and all the possibilities, which is kind of fun for me, because who knows what you're doing while you're listening, but the fact that you're listening for me is a great joy, so thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for hanging out. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is episode number 122, and I am your host, Seth Singleton. My favorite thing to do is to read all the DC Comics books from this week, share them with you, put them all together in a nice little neat package, and then, you know, send them your way. For this episode, just like every episode, I share with you my top five picks. I start with my first two, we take a quick ad break, then we've got three left to go to, For my first choice this time around, I'm looking at the Green Lantern Annual, which is interesting because for being a Green Lantern Annual, the letters Green Lantern are all in yellow, as well as a famous Green Lantern known as Jessica Cruz, wearing the all yellow of the Yellow Lantern Corps. And it's a great story that starts out on New Korogar, where Sinestro has become the unrivaled ruler and is met by Cruz, who brings three very powerful ring bears with her. She's got them tethered, she has them um, (laughs) not quite submitted, but she certainly has them in her will, and she is able to let Sinestra know, hey, they came for me, I'd lost power to my Green Lantern ring, I took all three down, and then I brought them here to you. Now, there's also the fact that you know she's not quite as adept or used to uh, using the ring, and she just traveled a huge amount of space miles in order to get there. So she's probably pretty tired, and her focus isn't that great, which is why one of the people she took the ring from is able to break free and demonstrate to sinestro just you know how powerful this one is known as lissa she's in all blue she has an outfit that appears more seductive than um combat worthy but sometimes that happens with characters and it certainly seems to be the case with most female characters you know they're either going to be tough or they're going to be to a degree over sexualized. but for this one, you know, I wasn't too upset. I wasn't too worried. I didn't feel like, uh, you know, a great deal was terribly lost. I did feel overall that this was a, a really fun opportunity to show just what happens to the Green Lanterns when everything that had been working, like that power battery and other stuff, goes away, and yet you still have people who have the ability to use great tools like that, like Jessica Cruz, who are looking for a way to still be active and participating the uh, story is a really great one written by ryan katie we've got um, art by sam Basri, pages uh, 1 through 23 37 to 40 as well as art by uh, tom darinick pages 24 through 36 colors by hi-fi rob lay on the letters with an original cover by bernard chang and alex sinclair Variant cover by david nakiyama these are both gorgeous covers, and I highly recommend if you love it, you know, get both. I've seen some great posts on social media and stuff about people who are like, yep, yep, picking this up. Yeah, I got both covers, or I got one over the other. And Hey, you got a favorite you ended up grabbing? I'd love to hear all about it. Tag me, send me a message, say, hey, Seth, this is the one I got. Now, I love that the story moves into the idea of Sinestro, giving Cruz one of the lanterns and rings so that she can journey back to Earth. And once there, should she choose to no longer wish to wield the power that's available through the yellow lantern and the ring, she can just hand it off to whoever the uh, protector of the Earth is. But Jessica's able to recognize how the fear is like a guide, like a, a candle. In fact, Each example of fear that she can discover with the ring becomes like these many candles out there that she can follow, ones that can guide her to trouble. They actually guide her to a group of refugees from Oa who are fleeing the planet and doing so under the quote-unquote protection of mercenaries who don't seem to have the best interests of their passengers in mind. And who have run into a bit of trouble, which is what leads Jessica there and then leads her to run into an interesting conflict with Hal Jordan, who takes really quick, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's clearly brusque. He's clearly bristled by the fact that she's wearing the yellow outfit, something he would never, ever do. And uh, she's quick to point out that this was a tool, something she used because she needed to get home and that things are different now, that she could feel the fear and the trouble that these people were facing, to which he then dresses her down, explaining that it's the fear that she's causing, the fear and the problems. But it's actually a guide to a deeper root of the problem, one that she has discovered and one that she thinks she can do something about, which then leaves her with an interesting question. What then to do with Sinestro? If she knows she can use this, she can't keep carrying it with her because he's the one in charge of the yellow lanterns. And at some point it's going to lead to a conflict. So instead of waiting for that to happen, she goes to him directly. And they have a very frank conversation about what the future could look like for both of them. I think it's a really powerful example of the the big changes DC is demonstrating with the story that right now, especially when it comes to the Green Lanterns, is so full of changes and unexpected moments that it feels like. Man, like what could be next? I feel like there's so much more in store. Future State gave us a great glimpse, and what we're getting to see now is such a great deal of fun. I'm really excited for it. It's why I wanted to pick the Green Lantern Annual 2021 as my first five out of five choice for this week's episode. And, of course, the great thing about getting the first one out of the way is there's always the fun of what's number two. And for my second choice, I decided to stick with the annuals theme and go with the Suicide Squad 2021 annual. Man, this was uh, this was a pretty interesting story. The, this is one that I, I enjoyed for all of the risks that it took, for all the challenges it faced, for, you know, the fact that... <laughs> What's going on in Suicide Squad right now is just as wonky and crazy and unpredictable as what I have seen happening in Green Lantern and other great titles, Batman as well. In this story, game, set, match, Um, script by Robbie Thompson with art by Eduardo Pansica and Julio Ferreira on pages 1 through 7, page 9, page 26, and 32 through 35 as well as Dexter Soy doing pages 8, 10 through 25, 27 through 31, and 36 through 39. Chris Sotomayor providing the great colors, Wes Abbott with the letters, original cover by Eduardo Pancica, Julio Ferreira, and Marcelo Maiolo, with variant cover by Gerald Peril. So, the squad is being directed by Amanda Waller to charge into Earth 3, take down the villainous heroes that exist there and save that world. This is slowly coming to, um, well, the awareness of many of the members of Waller's team, whether they be super or just on the admin side. And some of them simply didn't work out well. Rick Flagg was imprisoned, eventually found an opportunity to escape a little while back when Red X ...sort of crashed the party at the uh, Suicide Squad's Bell Rev headquarters... ...and then caused a bit of ruckus which allowed Flag to escape... ...and why he is now on a mission to stop Waller. But those still working for Waller are struggling with the commands that she is asking. And one of them happens to be the young man that she would like to lead the Suicide Squad. That would be Connor. His biggest problem is at the end of last issue, he was face-to-face with a replica... In fact, one who is a blast from the past, someone I remember from those 90s days of the reign of the Supermen. This Superboy is <laughs> wearing much tighter clothes, uh, and sports some interesting fashion choices, including his leather jacket, and the two go toe-to-toe, and they are just not holding back and it's quite a brawl it's quite impressive and then there is there even more impressive discovery that is made inside a facility that Waller had you know given them a mission to target and it's inside there as well as right before it that Connor discovers that he is match he is one of the many clones he has been twisted and damaged and the twisting and the damaging have really left their mark on him he even takes on more of a bizarro um, appearance as well as um, affectations in his speech and other mannerisms and it's clear that the team is going to be facing a struggle now there's a cure there's an option for him that he can take something that can help you know correct the problem that is happening but before any of that can happen a surprise occurs and we're left wondering just what's going to happen next and also what kind of state the rest of the team, including Connor, will be in when they get there. Also, the discovery that Rick Flagg's mission to take on Waller is gonna require a key component, one that's revealed in the final pages and one that suggests that he has someone who knows Waller as well as if not better than himself and he's going to rely on that person to help him take down Amanda Waller and cause some real heartache and trouble for him, in my opinion. Um, Man, this was a really great book. A lot of fun for me to share with you. Great one to make my second choice because it's such a solid five out of five selection. Hey, we're going to go ahead and take a quick ad break, and I'll be right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Thanks for hanging out. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies,
1: TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are
2: a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's
0: audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked.
2: (laughs) No. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories A show celebrating Batman the Animated Series. Week by week, episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I
0: am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madbub, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned
2: from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966.
1: Oh, look, there. And we've gone completely off the rails.
2: I hear the bat signal.
1: Shut up the bat me, I definitely do not fuck that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers.
2: Mmm.
1: What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News.
2: I am Tony Hasty for this show.
1: And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from
2: the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome. And sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot.
1: Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. <laughs>
2: Here's <Monday>. hoping. <laughs> We're gonna have guests on this show. We're gonna be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything you off, want, off anything you cup. want.
1: Scooby Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about.
2: That's what the show is about. We're gonna That's be talking the- about. We're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go.
1: No, no one had to see more of the bat.
2: No, I didn't
1: want God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna. Gooby Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo.
2: Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes.
1: Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable un- un- Santa hat. Except it's season, but whatever. Check us out.
2: <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively on YouTube.
0: All right, and as promised, we are back. Third, fourth, and choices coming right towards you. You're listening to the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 122. So after we got those two annuals out of the way, it was time for a great one-shot. I'm talking about Black Manta. I'm talking about a really cool story. Um, sorry, not a one-shot series, but leading off uh, this first of the six issues with Black Manta asking that question that I think everyone at some point has to face after they've done things or found themselves in a position where they can sort of you know, chart their own course, choose their own destiny. Black Man is wondering what kind of a person is he going to be remembered as? Who will be left, you know, what will be left when all is said and done? The Great Writing by Chuck Brown is matched by Valentin Delandro's art and cover art, as well as gorgeous colors by Marissa Louise, Clayton Cowles on the letters, and Sanford Green providing the variant cover. Both are really cool. The variants got this, uh, one of the variants has this great pose of uh, Black Manta kind of sitting on an undersea throne. Um, There's a great feeling of majesty, power, and patience. And and that's an idea that's expressed well in this issue. One that provides sort of a challenge for just about everybody. It starts off with Manta in a routine um, heist, who then proceeds to recruit members of that team for the heist for his next upcoming project and then we see manta as he is out there on the seas um really just making a giant mess uh (laughs) even coming face to face with captain demo and man not having anything to do with it so it's pretty cool to watch manta as he's charging along as he's making all these discoveries and As there are revelations made to those new team members about a place that he has, a pocket in the universe that he can access, something that feels very interestingly, like it has something to do with Dr. Fate and his powers. And then there is the realization um, that what he is doing is building a uh, a weapon, one that will use a metal that will cause a lot of sort of awareness to increase around the world. And as it does certain members who are experiencing that were about to become very interesting players in a big game. Now, what I love is that those that Black Manta has chosen, they're they're not simply there to cower when he gives orders. They fight back, they fight hard, and it appears that they're going to have quite a fight on their hands. Because something has been awoken due to their actions. Something that is powerful, someone who is (laughs) ferocious and demands their freedom. And in doing so, is also taking on a powerful beast and showing that even that won't be enough to stand in her way. Which is why it looks like there's going to be some really interesting storylines to enjoy in the remaining issues of this six-issue mini, featuring Black Mana. That's why I was so happy to include it. I think he's going to be a big player on the scene. And I also feel he might fit into one of those categories where he's someone playing for his own reasons and certainly not willing to get into the um, divisions that come with choosing good or bad. And that's why Black Mana, top five choice, five out of five. My third choice, why I was so happy to share it with you, why it's been so much fun to uh, read all these books and find my favorites. For my fourth favorite, I decided to go with Infinite Frontier. Now, that's not totally true. I mean, the Infinite Frontier part is, but the fourth favorite, just my fourth choice on my favorite top five. There's no real ranking, it just sort of... How it goes, sometimes I try and do a little thematics, keep things to tie together. Man, keeping things tied together is going to be a challenge because things have been going so crazy in this issue. Thankfully, we've got writer Joshua Williamson to guide us through all the events and let us know what's going on. We've got Hermanico providing the art, Romulo Fajardo Jr. with the colors, Tom DePolitano with the letters, Mitch Gerrard's with the cover, and variant covers by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair, puppeteer Lee, Whew, it's good stuff. I mean, there's the uh, menacing one of Darkseid with his hand out, and then there's one that's just this like really ridiculous, like shadowed stone grizzled, you know, Darkseid looks like, you know, he just ate like Bambi or something and is gonna pick his teeth with the bones as soon as he's not bored. So the multiverse is of course experiencing ruptures and challenges, Flash is running towards this Thing that he's been tricked into believing because of psycho Pirate, that crisis on Infinite Earth's villain who has reappeared once again in a much cooler costume, but with all those dangerous powers that his mask, the Medusa mask, can cause. And then there is a great conflict between all of uh, Psycho-Pirate's forces as well as the many assembled forces for good. And then... That one looking over all of it, Darkseid, who is part of the cheering squad waiting for Flash to crack through into the multiverse and give Darkseid access. Meanwhile, we've got a Black Lantern, who is uh, Roy Harper, who's being used as one of Darkseid's weapons. And in doing so, it's created just a whole bunch of problems that need to be solved before this book comes to a close. What's great is, right now, when it comes to the Black Lantern and Roy Harper, he's got friends and people like Obsidian who knows what it means to fall victim to the darkness and to to lose oneself in it, and then also how to find one's way back. But there's more than just that. There's great conflicts between Thomas Wayne and uh, a few fun foes. There is also the, the realization occurs when suddenly those who have been manipulated and turned into pawns are now able to try and do something about it. There is also that feeling that there are a few big teams are going to be out there trying to, you know, have an impact, make some kind of, um, effort into (laughs) bringing things that, that could be completely out of control into some degree of control. And then there's also the fact that man, This is just a really awesome story and a great one for me to share with you as uh my first my first my fourth choice on this episode the dc comics news spinner rack episode number 122 for my final choice i decided to go with uh something that's been a great deal of joy for me i'm talking about justice league infinity this time around we're talking about issue number three and we've got Basically, heroes disappearing and being replaced by other versions of those heroes and the different places adjusting to just what that means. The story is called Mirror Cracked, written by J.M. DeMattei and James Tucker with uh, Ethan Beavers on the art, Nick Filardi on the colors, Tom Napolitano on the letters, Dan Mora on the cover. And there's an interesting question about, you know... What's going on? How can we do anything about it? How can we have a better understanding about why someone like Overman would arrive right after Superman disappears? And just how dangerous someone like Overman really is. How powerful. But then also how, when we follow where Superman has been delivered, he's arrived on an Earth where those like Doomsday and Zod are actually the heroes fighting back against the villainous forces of overman and vandal savage it's a twisted world that offers the horrible possibility of what would happen if a totalitarian totalitarian regime had taken over back in the 50s and then continued on through the 60s and beyond to our present day now that doesn't mean that we stay just with that superman there's other supermen and they <laughs> are having their own adventures and getting into their own fair share of mischief. It's a really cool example, especially when uh, you get to see two supermen flying towards each other only to stop and realize that they're not enemies and that they both know the best thing they can do is work together. And why it is that one of the most important things that they have for each other is that understanding of who each other is and why superman doesn't just fight to fight why it is that superman always seems to embody the best parts of us hey this was a really fun book a great reminder of all those things that i loved about justice league and justice league unlimited from the animated series how it captures that same sort of light-hearted tone that great experience and how this you know peek into the multiverse, opens up so many great stories for the reader to enjoy, for the characters to experience, and why, it's just so much fun when you can take things like this, like the Batman the Animated Series, which is now Batman the Adventures Continues, and others, and show us just how many things we continue to enjoy about the animated series through the pages of these wonderful books. Justice League Infinity, a great 5 out of 5 choice for me. To wrap things up on this week's episode of DC Comics News, Spinner Rack, I've been your host, Sus Singleton. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you never want to miss an episode, just hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Yeah, we're on the big ones like iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and all that stuff. But whatever one you're listening to, that's the one we want to make sure you subscribe to so you can always catch new episodes of the Spinner Rack. New episodes of great shows like the DC Comics News Podcast Network, bringing you the best in movies, TV, streaming, comics, and more each and every week. We've got episode-by-episode breakdowns of shows like Batman the Animated Series with our very own I Am The Night, hosted by Steve J. Ray, as well as the Harley Quinn series and our podcast Mad Love, hosted by all of us when we get just a little bit sillier and maybe a little more R-rated. And then, of course, there's more great stuff on the way. Check us out. And wherever you do enjoy communicating with us, whatever social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, you name it, wherever you are. Just use the at symbol and DC Comics News to send us a message and let us know you want to talk about something. That's capital D, capital C, capital C, -C O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S, DC Comics News, and the at symbol. And you're there. Send us a message, send us a question, tell us what we're doing. Great. We can do better. We'd love to hear it. Can't wait to talk with you about our favorite subject that is comics, and especially DC Comics. Hey. Till next time, can't wait for the chance to share with you my top five pick from the next week of comics. And until that time, arise, We always have that little reminder for you. And that is to always read more comics. Hey, thanks for hanging out. Can't wait for the next time we get to talk comics together.